Hello, Mississippi and abroad, and welcome to Justify Your Existence, the podcast that talks SEC through the lens of Mississippi. I am Parrish Alford, the Ole Miss beat writer with the Northeast Mississippi Daily Journal, and I'm joined today by our Mississippi State writer, Dalton Middleton. Lots to talk about in the program today. Dalton, how are you, man? Parrish, man, I'm all right. I'm over here. Uh, slept in a little bit this morning as a uh... Of the weather, it's been it's been raining down here all day, all, all morning, all night, and it's a uh, perfect sleeping weather down here. So I'm I'm just uh, I'm still trying to wake up a little bit. Well, it is, and, and sleep is important this time of year. And uh, I hope you get caught up there. Uh, speaking uh, of the weather, you know we, we're still in the severe season. I, I tell my kids this is the time of year you kind of you got to revert to your kindergarten training, man. You got to know your colors. Yeah, know your colors, and, and you look at that map, and you see what color, right? What color you're projected, and uh, best I can tell, we're projected green, which is the lowest one, and, and that, uh, you know, relieves a level of anxiety. I know there was some damage overnight in the area. I think uh, uh, the Vardaman area and uh, Calhoun County, maybe. Uh, just some things that I've seen uh, uh, on uh, WTVA reporting this morning. So uh, anyway, it's it's uh, it's always. Yeah, well, a possibility this time of year. Yeah, I don't. I don't. You mentioned knowing your colors. I don't. I don't necessarily pay too much attention to all the colors and, and radars and stuff. I just kind of go if it starts raining, it's raining. Um, but I don't think it's been too severe. It's just been kind of nonstop here. So I just uh, when I fell asleep, it was raining. I, I fell asleep pretty late last night. It was raining, and when I woke up, it was still raining. So uh, well, that's I'll just how, that's how it is right now. You know, uh, my, my young adult children are, uh, they're the same Dalton and, and they are very much, uh, you know, what's doing outside as far as their, their, uh, their weather uh, alertness goes, uh, Hey, is it raining? Is it not raining? So they're, they're very similar, but uh, right. the, the older you get, I think uh, you, you watch it a little closer. And, and so I, I've become skilled at, uh, at, at least what I, you know, the, the danger level that I associate with colors and that, uh, you know, when, when it gets up to orange, it gets my attention. When it gets to red, it, it really does. And, and uh, you know, when it's uh, when, when it's that pink or purple, uh, you know, the weather guys tell me that it's pink, but it looks purple on my TV. But uh, when it gets to that, uh, when it gets to that level, man, it's uh, I'm ready to hunker down. Uh, do you have a safe space, man? Where do you go if uh, if, if they say uh, get to your safe space now? Uh, you know, I'm not sure. When I was in Tupelo, you know, I had uh, I had all the shelters and everything and everything written down, and uh, so I had all of them that we could go to if it got bad because my apartment complex in Tupelo wasn't the greatest. In the, anyway, um, here I don't know anywhere, but like, you know, I've got a pretty uh, pretty good little stretch of hallway um where there's no glass or anything that can kind of get down and probably be pretty safe or um, a couple of you know closets or something that I'd probably be fine in, but uh. Yeah, I don't, I don't know of any of the shelters or anything around here. I'd have to look that up um, if it ever got that serious. But um, I've only got three windows in my entire apartment, so it's not too too crazy anyway. Well, it's an interior hallway uh, for us, and you know we we had a pretty good. Uh, you know, we were pretty high up on the uh, on the color chart uh, uh, over the weekend, and and so I start thinking, uh, well, you know, okay, so we might have to get up in the middle of the night and, and go sit in the hall and. Of course, uh, my wife is much more uh, skilled and alert at this than I am. And, you know, you start looking at that checklist of things that you need and, you know, they, they start talking about helmet. And I think, well, we can't really check that box. Don't uh, we don't do motorcycles and, uh, you know, don't really have a helmet uh, 
here in the house. But lo and behold, uh, we went to the hallway for a little bit uh, Saturday night, and I looked down, and and, and Laurie has uh, has found us two helmets, and, and they were the uh, little uh, little football helmets that came with the uh, little uh, you know preschool uh, uniforms that uh, we we had bought for Kyle or other people had bought for Kyle back in the day, and so we got little football helmets here. And I don't know if I could squeeze my head into one, but I, I didn't have to try to find out. So uh, that was, that was good news. I can tell you right now, my head's not fitting in one of those little helmets. I got a big old head over here. I don't know, Dalton, <laughs> uh, if you get, you get that haircut back a little bit, uh, you know, I know you're a long way from that, but uh, that, that might, uh, you might be able to pull it off then. Um, hopefully though, there will be no severe weather uh, when the Oxford Park Commission pool opens on Memorial Day weekend, because they are looking for lifeguards and uh, we appreciate OPC coming along for the ride with us. Uh, if you would like to be a lifeguard, you have to be 16 at least, have a current lifeguard certification. If you have questions, you can email OPC Aquatics Director Jamie Chandler at jamie at oxfordparkcommission.com. That's J-A-M-I-E at oxfordparkcommission.com. Or just apply online at oxfordms.net. Softball and baseball registrations are ongoing, but they end soon. The deadline for that is April the 4th. Uh, no immediate deadline, uh, Dalton, for Ole Miss and uh, Mississippi State trying to uh, get to the NCAA tournament. Uh, that's a constant goal, and, and right now you go into off-season mode and you look, you know, well, how, how can you get better? What's coming back? What are these teams going to look like next year? They both were NIT teams. This year, uh, State maybe wasn't even expecting to get into the NIT, but uh, dominoes fell and they get in and they make a, a run to the championship game. Uh, along the way, they beat Louisiana Tech, which knocked out Ole Miss in the first round when the Rebels were down two starters. So, uh, you know, neither of these teams really uh, where they wanted to be in, in terms of uh, postseason. Everybody's striving for the NCAA tournament. But let's, let's look at State first. I mean, if you just with what you know right now, uh, what's coming back from Mississippi State? Uh, how do you think uh, this team handles next year? What do they get done in terms of a, a, a run to March Madness? Is it madness or sadness next year? Um, you know, I kind of re- I recall about this in today's paper about just the team and how young they were. And um, with what's coming back, I do believe that um, that it might be madness. You know, I think uh, I think State has the the, the tools to um, – to get there, and they, I think they kind of showed that. You know, they barely did get in the NIT, but they showed that they can play and compete in the NIT in elimination setting and made it to the championship without one of their best players. Um, and so I think they'll be pretty good. They should return at least 13 of the 16 guys on the roster right now, or at least 12 of the 16. They had a, a freshman yesterday announced that he was transferring, uh, Keandre Montgomery, but he didn't play very much. Uh, I think he played in five games. Um, but – you know, out of the the main people that played, Abdul Abdul Adu is graduating. He has a chance, or he may have already graduated, but he's a senior. Um, he has a chance to come back if he wants. I think that's still up in the air right now. But um, you have Iris and Molinar. He was an All SEC second team. Um, he's coming back. He already said DJ Stewart likely won't get too many looks in the NBA. He's going to be back. Tolu Smith's going to be back. So your big three that all average, you know, your top three leading scorers are back. You're Tolu Smith led the SEC in rebounding. You know, he's back. And then you look at the freshman class, and, um, 
you got Davon Smith there, Cameron Matthews, Derek Fountain, those three guys right there combined for, I think, 29 starts this year, 28 starts. Um, and all of them, all three of them are pretty good. You know, Cameron Matthews is an elite defender. He, he, he hasn't, he didn't figure out his offense until really that last game against Memphis the other day where he scored 19 points. That was the first game he scored double digits all year. Um, but he's the best defender on the team. So you get yourself a guy that I guess has now shown that he can score a little bit, but also is the best defender on the team. And then you have, you know, other guys. Um, but I think if, if state's going to make a run next year, they're going to need DJ Stewart to be a little more consistent. Cause I think that was their biggest issue this year was Iris and Molinar went out there and scored, you know, 16 points. It seems every single game that he's playing, but then DJ Stewart, like in the NIT run, you saw him, he scored, you know, 20, 25, and then he hit 23 in the, in the game winner against, um, I think it was uh, Dayton or Richmond, whoever, De- Richmond. Um, and then, all of a sudden he scores 20 something points again. And then all of a sudden he scores four, you know, he scored four points or five points in the championship. And it's just it's extremely inconsistent. And um, a, a March Madness team can't have inconsistency out of one of its best players like that. You know, you can't have a guy that's going to score five points one game and then score 30 the next. Um, and so they have a lot to work on, but I mean, this team does mean you return 12 out of your 16 guys on a team that, made it to the NIT championship, I think you have a pretty good chance of going back. And just having that experience for your freshman, you got about four or five more games in there after the SEC tournament in an elimination setting. I think that builds a lot for the freshman class and shows them, especially um, how much they played during that little run. Because I know in the NIT championship, you know, Tolu Smith was out um, because of COVID-19 protocols he had. I guess somebody sneezed within a 200-yard vicinity of him because he had contact tracing. And uh, he tested negative five days in a row, but they wouldn't let him play. Uh, he didn't get the Nick Saban treatment. Um, <laughs> and so he was out. Um, the freshmen ended up playing, I think, combined like 92 minutes or something in the NIT championship. They lose. Really good experience coming back. So they, they don't have a chance to make March Madness. What, whether that happens or not, who knows, but they have they have some pieces to do that. All right, so they have a lot returning. Sometimes returning players are not necessarily a good thing, but just it really sounds like a lot of experience coming back for right. State. All right, so all these players were in place this year. We talked about consistency with this team a lot and the need to improve from game to game. I mean, we saw flashes, saw what they could do. With all of these parts in place, are all of these parts in place again, some of the same parts, most of the same parts, what makes you think or do you think that they will find that consistency? I mean, I think that's one of the hardest things in athletics to achieve is just that that high level of play, high level of performance every time, every game, whatever the sport. I, I think consistency is, uh, you know, it, it's really not not an easy thing. Uh, do you think that uh, D.J. Stewart finds that consistency? Do you think he becomes that 16, 18, 20 points a game guy most nights? Maybe you're going to have a you're going to have an off night, but uh, I, I think uh, right. what I'm hearing from you is you you saw more off nights from him than you probably should for a player of that caliber. Yeah, and you. I don't know if he'll find that or not. I mean, he's going to need to if he wants a chance in the NBA. So, but one thing that makes me think this is so the the jump from so the, from last year to this year, this current season that just ended, 
State lost its four leading scores and made it to the NIT, um, you know, because of people, some people opting out of the NIT or declining their bids. But uh, um, they returned, I think, like nine and eight out of their 10 leading scores this year or something like that. It's something, something wild like that. Um, but I know Iverson Molinar made a really, really big jump from his freshman to sophomore year. Um, I think he went from, you know, averaging a, a, just a, you know, a couple of fingers worth of points, maybe two or three points, four points um, to averaging 16, almost 17 points a game and being an all SEC player. And then Tolu Smith had never played in the game. Uh, you know, he was a transfer. For, he's from Mississippi, but he transferred. I don't remember from where, but like, you know, this was his first actual experience playing in the game and he led the SEC in rebounding. And I think that that goes a long way because you're going to have a guy that can go up there, get rebounds, and he's going to be another year of experience. Um, you know, he probably probably would have helped serve. It probably would have helped if he had played in those four or five games in the NIT. But, you know, you can't help what the COVID-19 protocols are. Um, but I think if DJ Stewart can just find a little bit of consistency, I don't know. I, I think it's tough to answer that question if, if I think he will because he just didn't have it this year because – I mean, there was plenty of games where he just got completely shut down, and then there was also games where he scored 29 points in an SEC game, and then I, I, it's, it's, it's hard. I don't know. But I think if State can have another freshman make anywhere close to the jump that Iverson Molinar made between his freshman and sophomore year, like that's going to give them a lot of scoring threats because Tolu Smith could score inside. Iverson Molinar is, uh, you know, he's, he's proven over and over again that he can score anywhere. DJ Stewart can get really hot from outside. Derek Fountain's a good outside shooter, but his scoring is not quite there yet. If he takes that jump, you know, uh, from like the freshman to sophomore jump that Ben Hallen has had a few players make, Russell Westbrook, Iverson Molinar, you know, that could be a pretty good, you know, extra scoring threat. Cameron Matthews found a little bit of offense. So I think uh, when, when I think of the inconsistency this year, it was mostly – the offense, you know, there was a lot of turnovers. The defense played great for most of the season. Um, and so when when the offense is uh, not clicking is whenever State really struggles. So if they can just find an extra piece or an extra piece and a half out of scoring, you know, out of Derek Fountain, Karen Matthews, Davon Smith, something like that, maybe another transfer. Um, that, that's what I think will really, really give it to them, give them the edge of getting into the tournament because, you know, as of this year, they just – if Iverson Molinar and DJ Stewart weren't scoring, you you were going to beat them because they they didn't have enough scoring threats to score. You know, Dolphin technology is a wonderful thing, but not when it cranks up uh, a video in your browser that's uh, playing in the background. So, so sorry about that. Um, hey, you mentioned the possibility that uh, Abdul Adu could come back, uh, which if he does, I mean that's obviously great for State. I, I, I like him. I mean, he's not a huge scorer, but but uh, just a physical guy there in the post and uh an excellent quote <laughs> you know uh, I, I assume he was the, i assume he was that for you uh, all year long uh but uh the time or two that i heard from him uh, in a zoom you know five stars for that man so uh if he doesn't come back who steps into that role yeah i, don't, I think that's going to be more of a if he doesn't come back i think that JV and Davis will play more. He's a sophomore transfer from Alabama. He's from Canton. Um, he'll play more. He was, he was one of those guys that I, I didn't mention earlier, but he's a guy that, that came in and played a little bit and he could probably see a bigger role, but 
I, I really think that if Abdul doesn't come back, State doesn't have another big, big guy on the team like that that can step in and play that defensive role right there. I think that would give uh, Ben Hallen and, and the and the Bulldogs a reason to uh, maybe go with an extra scoring guard out there, maybe kind of play a little smaller, have Tolu step into more of a um, a proto- prototypical center role instead of maybe the four out there. Um, and I, that would be interesting because – Ben Howland's always been really big on playing two bigs inside, like almost all the entire game playing two bigs. Um, it doesn't really step away into the the guard role. And I think that that's one of the issues you saw with the scoring. Like I mentioned, if Iverson, Molinar, and DJ Stewart weren't scoring, there wasn't much going on because Abdul was great defensively. And he was, like you say, he was a big presence inside. But, he, you know, he averaged four and a half, five points a game for most of the season. He just wasn't a scorer. Um, so Tolu Smith can score a little better if they move him to that role, add another guard in there, maybe a Cameron Matthews, who's, you know, six, six, seven, six, eight, who can play defense really well and show he can score, you know, maybe that, maybe that gives them an extra edge because towards the end of the season, Cameron Matthews wasn't starting until Tolu Smith was out. Well, I'm, I'm looking at the Ole Miss roster here of, uh, of returning players, Dalton and, and, and look, uh, you know, credit the rebels for making, uh, that, uh, that, Push to the bubble, uh, getting there after a slow start. You, you got to do better with the January games. You know, they uh, the February, uh, they had that figured out, and, and they played well in March. And You know, a couple of hiccups, uh, obviously, uh, cost them. Uh, maybe just that uh, one more win. Maybe the, the state game uh, in Oxford. Maybe if they get that game, they're in. Certainly the LSU game in the tournament. But uh, they put themselves in position. They were right there on the bubble. But uh, – and I'm looking at what's coming back. And, of course, look, the roster that we see right now on March 31st is not going to be the roster in a month. You know, there are going to be additions to it. And uh, I right. think there's, there are going to be, uh, you know, guys who will come in and help this team. But if, if they were, were left to uh, only what's returning, unlike Mississippi State that uh, returns a lot of production, uh, Ole Miss is losing its top scorer and Devontae Shuler, and it's losing its top big its top front court scorer uh, in Romello White, and the supporting cast was just hit and miss. Um, Jarkel Joyner was a nice addition, and he was a good complimentary player, but he did not show enough during the regular season to make you think that uh, he's going to jump up and be that leading scorer, that 16-17 a game guy, a guy who will, can put you on his back and and carry you. He did this some, okay, but I'm talking carry you for the distance, carry you for so many games in the season as Devontae Shuler did this year. Haven't seen that from Jarkel Joyner. Maybe that's the step he makes, okay, but uh, it's it's not uh, not there right now, and it's it's nowhere else among the bigs uh, who are coming back when you take uh, Romello White out of the mix, and that's certainly that that really that stretch forward is the spot that uh, that Kermit Davis is really trying to find right now. And, you know, they added, uh, added a guy, uh, a freshman, uh, a former Louisville commit, uh, gosh, I don't have his name in front of me, Vander, Vander human or, or, you know, kind of a, uh, an international name uh, like that. But the guy that's generating the buzz right now, that they really want to see in an Ole Miss uniform is the Duke transfer, Jamin Brakefield, a Jackson guy. Okay. Uh, look, uh, kids have a chance to, uh, 
signed with Duke. Most of them do. Uh, Ole Miss got uh, down the road with him in his recruiting, uh, and it didn't work out. But when he went to Duke, that didn't work out either, and he's in the transfer portal. And uh, I guess the biggest question that I get these days, Dalton, about Ole Miss basketball is uh, Jamin Brakefield. Uh, is he going to go to Ole Miss? Well, I have somebody who's uh, very familiar with uh, the Jamin Brakefield situation who says it's going to happen, that, uh, that Ole Miss will, uh, will bring in this Jackson guy. And so what, what are you getting there? Okay, I, you're getting a 6'7", you 6'8", know, six, six, stretch guy, athletic, very skilled. But the problem right now, and, and this is, look, this part of this is uh, basketball in 2021. There's going to be uh, roster reshaping. There's going to be roster building uh, many seasons. I think the situation that State has right now, returning so many people, uh, is a little bit unusual, will be more unusual in the modern day moving ahead. Transfer portal just makes it uh, easier uh, to move around. Okay, let's say Brakefield comes in uh, as far as a talent level. You know, he's a guy that it might work out. He may come in and he may be a Romello White kind of player, maybe better. He may get you 11, 12, 15 right off the bat. Those guys are unusual. It's hard to find those guys. And Ole Miss is going to be counting on not only one, but two new players because they need Deshaun Ruffin to come in and be that type of scorer too. And maybe that works out. But every time you bring in someone new to your program, uh, there is a risk involved. There's a certain amount of acclimation that has to take place, uh, getting used to new surroundings. Um, you know, I, I, I think it's risky to say you're going to plug in two guys and you're going to get uh, 15 or 16 a game from one, and then you're going to get uh, 11 right. or 12 and seven rebounds from the other. You know, that's uh, – that's not an easy well, thing to do. Uh, we'll see how that works out. Well, I, I want to ask you, Parrish, you may you may not be hearing much about this, but you also may. Um, kid from Memphis, DJ Jeffries, um, I know that he's been rumored to be leaving and going to both Ole Miss and Mississippi State. There's a lot of rumors uh, surrounding that he's coming to Starkville, and I also have talked to John Luke and seen the rumors that he's going to Oxford. Um, so I guess uh, that'll be a – interesting thing to watch over the next few weeks, months, if whichever he decides to go or if he stays in Memphis, but you know, he's a, he's a six, seven guy, uh, one of those stretch guys forward that averages about 10 points, five rebounds this, this year for Memphis off the bench. I mean, do you think a guy like that could come in and, you know, in, including those other guys that you just mentioned and really send Ole Miss over the top? I mean, you know, I, I think you could, Dalton, because at the end of the day, and, and I have heard the DJ Jeffries name a good bit, and I know that's a situation that's evolving. And it, look, it's possible that uh, Brakefield and Jeffries both end up at Ole Miss. You're talking about uh, an Olive Branch guy who, you know, signed with Memphis, and and uh, I, I don't know what he did this year. You said he averaged about ten. Is that right? Yeah, ten and five this year off the bench. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so look, if if there's a situation there and he feels like he needs a, you know, a fresh start, look, moving around has gotten easier uh, these days for college athletes than it's ever been. Uh, if he could, uh, you know, I think it's possible. I think their wheels are turning that could end up with uh, Jeffries at Ole Miss. It's possible Ole Miss could add uh, both Brakefield and uh, and Jeffries. And I'm looking here at uh, 
the high school guy they got to the former uh, Louisville commit Eric uh, Vanderheiden. Same kind of same kind of guy. Comes from uh, Raleigh, North Carolina. You know, uh, a three star guy. He was the number one ninety seven player uh, overall. Uh, is the number one ninety seven player overall? I mean, same build, six nine two oh five. Uh, they believe he can uh, play inside and can also uh, jump outside and score from the perimeter. But uh, maybe that's what it's going to take, uh, Dalton. Maybe for Ole Miss it would take getting, you know, two or three of these guys to come in and uh, look, and that, that increases your odds. If, if you get, number one, it's about getting more talent in the program. And, and I think, uh, you know, we see that these guys are, are skilled and uh, have been coveted by lots of schools, okay, not just uh, Ole Miss and, and State. It's about increasing talent in the program, getting guys in there who can score. And if you can bring in three at that position, uh, then you increase your chances. You know, then, then one guy doesn't have to come in and average 15 and 10. Uh, if you can get, uh, you know, eight and four from two guys, uh, that's that's just as good. Uh, and it increases your chances right. that, that one or more of them will acclimate like we're talking about and will be that quick impact, uh, that quick impact kind of player. So uh, sounds really good for Ole Miss with Jamin Brakefield. Uh, maybe Jeffries gets in there too. Uh, Eric Vanderheiden, uh, Louisville commit, we'll, we'll see. But when you start talking about numbers like that, uh, you, you increase your chances. Uh, but I'll tell you, <laughs> they've got to have those numbers. They've got to have uh, new blood in the program to replace what they're losing because if uh, if they are left with, uh, you know, just on the roster, I don't, you know, I don't know where it's coming from. I thought Sammy Hunter played really well at the end of the year. Uh, he kind of uh, uh, rose above Hadim C in that rotation with the bigs, and I think that led to uh, C opting out, leaving early. As it turned out, you know, they could have used C – uh, after K.J. Buffin left the program. They were really in a bind there in that NIT game. But, uh, look, uh, Sammy Hunter played well at the end of the season. Uh, out, of the, out of the first Kermit Davis recruits, he's the guy that we're starting to see make a leap. We really haven't seen this from Austin Crowley, okay, uh, who came, you know, signed with uh, Vanderbilt. When they had the coaching change, he, he comes to Ole Miss, a West Point guy who uh, played uh, real well at prep school at Sunshine yeah. Christian out in Kansas. Uh, haven't seen that development from Austin yet. We've seen more of it from Sammy Hunter. He could be a guy who makes a big splash next year, but uh, hasn't done that yet. If he takes the step next year that he took this year, I, I think he would be, you know, uh, a guy who you can count on for, uh, you know, night in and night out, that consistency that, uh, that we've talked about. But anyway, uh, it's an uh, interesting time of year. Uh, look, let's, we talked about state with so many guys coming back. Is there a, a new guy coming in? Is there a, a new uh, piece to the puzzle that can make an impact or is it going to be all about uh, returning players? Yeah, I don't know off the top of my head, exactly. Uh, the guys that are coming in the signing class. Uh, I know, I think they got one uh, the other day uh, or Alden Applewhite. I think he's a three slash four star, whichever one you're looking at, he could come in and maybe make an instant impact. But uh I think it's mostly going to be the returning guys uh, in Starville next year. Um, there's just so many of them. It, it's kind of hard to 
that have already established roles and everything and players that are, if they take the jump that they should between freshman and sophomore year, sophomore, junior year, that should play a much bigger role than they did already. Um, it'll, it'll be hard to find some roles for these kids that are coming in that are, aren't, aren't, aren't already set up in like the top eight or nine players for state. So I think it's going to be mostly returning players. Maybe they do get Jeffries. I know that's been, like you mentioned, he may go to Ole Miss. He, the rumor is he may also go to state. So, uh, you know, if he goes, you know, him and Cam Matthews were uh, high school teammates. And now Cam uh, Matthews is uh, in Starville. So that would be another big a big guy that could probably help, you know, stretch the floor a little bit and and uh, maybe replace that Abdullah do loss a little bit. But, uh, you know, who knows? I think, I, I think it's really going to be mostly um, – the returning guys, though, maybe they pick up a transfer, but I just don't think there's too much room on the roster for um, too many new guys and transfers coming in. Folks, that'll wrap us up for this edition of Justify Your Existence, the podcast that talks SEC through the lens of Mississippi. We thank you for clicking in with us today. We thank Oxford Park Commission for coming along for the ride with the Justify Your Existence podcast and the Ole Miss Facebook group. Folks, you can find us on Facebook, Ole Miss Discussion with Parrish Alford, Mississippi State Discussion with Dalton Middleton. Lots of good things in those groups. Check it out. Check out our work at djournal.com. Find that drop-down menu on the left. Scroll down to the Ole Miss page, the Mississippi State page, and just watch the stories flow. Thanks for being with us, folks. Come back and join us tomorrow.